On today's episode, we discuss the firing of Brooklyn Nets head coach Steve Nash, who came up big as the NFL trade deadline came to an end. Will the NFL find Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones for what he wore Monday? And are the Bengals actually a bust? This and much, much more. It's time to sideline the agenda. Welcome to Sideline the Agenda. My name is Scott. With me is Kevin and Chris. Welcome to the show that sidelines the talking points of the corporate sports media. We give you our opinions unapologetically, nothing is out of bounds, and every subject is fair game. Coming up, the Bengals ain't looking right on Monday night. Jim Harbaugh wants to involve the law. And who's looking fine after the NFL trade deadline? But first, we would like to invite you to join our agenda to sideline the agenda by subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment. You can also follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. Sideline the agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game. Welcome, everybody, to Sideline the Agenda. If you are new to this show, I just want to let you know that we're at it every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, and, uh, you know, this is a space and place where we uh, sideline the uh, agenda of the sycophant. We sideline the agenda of the corporate sports media um, and uh, just the, uh, the, 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 the one world uh, global elites. <laughs> <laughs> what was that what's the uh uh, uh that that uh, alex jones what does he say um <laughs> the clo- the the globalists <laughs> yeah we sidelined their agenda too uh what's up guys how's everybody doing uh did doing you good did, did doing you guys good. see well, uh, well. good good glad to hear did you see that the uh, philadelphia phillies they uh they took game three tonight uh last night excuse me in uh philadelphia uh hit a whole total of five home runs uh, which record, was uh, tied? I think you tied a record, right? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. A record, record setting, at least a tying record setting uh, uh, evening. Um, man, uh, Brandon Marsh. We know Brandon Marsh because uh, he was uh, out here in LA uh, for the for the Angels. He got traded. Perfect timing, right? <laughs> Imagine being Brandon Marsh, yeah, man. Seriously, you're taking a dump on a, a, in Anaheim, uh, playing for the Angels, and then they trade you to the Philadelphia Phillies, and all of a sudden you're like, you know, I, I can't. He's 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 hitting the ball. He's he's hitting home runs. You know, <laughs> he's he's uh, he's definitely producing. All of a sudden, like, where was this guy? <laughs> if you're an Angels fan, <laughs> right. you're like, damn, where right was this spot, guy? Right time. Yeah, like, of course, of course, he goes out of LA. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I guess the Philadelphia Phillies are uh, six and zero oh at home in the postseason. Um, Laid the smackdown. Yeah, and uh, I guess does this uh, series? Do they travel now to to Houston? Uh, they got another one in Philadelphia because uh, oh. they were supposed to play two days ago, but it was rained out. So. Uh, they got at least one more in Philly. Playing tomorrow night and Thursday, Thursday night. Uh, and uh, so, like you said, in Philadelphia and uh, the Philadelphia Phillies, uh, they lead this series two to one. Um, yeah, I, I guess, you know, I, I, the probability shoots dramatically up if they're able to take this one. Like I said, they're six and oh at home in theory, if they hold tight to that and take game th- this, uh, this third win, if you will, game four. Uh, making them three and one like that's it's 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 dare I say almost in the bag at that point yeah uh, America would be celebrating for sure (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> those uh, those that uh, just hate the Astros, uh, you know, definitely are, are are for the for the Phillies for sure. Um, well, let's move on. Uh, billionaire Bill, uh, Jerry Jones, uh, he his his wallet it could become uh, slightly lighter if the NFL decides to fine him for a Halloween costume he wore Monday. Uh, Dallas, uh, uh, the, the the Dallas owner, he dressed up as a uh, blind referee for Halloween, you know, which is just a classic, you know. Dare I say, almost cliche. Um, the costume uh, Jones wore it had a had a featured a striped referee shirt, sunglasses, and a walking stick. What do you think of this? Should the NFL fine Jerry Jones for this? No, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's Halloween. You're supposed to wear dumb costumes. Don't take it so seriously, because these guys, they got their panties in a bunch. <laughs> we need to take their skirts off, like uh, Aikman said. No, just relax. I mean, come on. He's he's, he's an not owner. wrong. Whatever. Right. Right, Kevin. He's not wrong. Yeah, he's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, costume been... of the year. I know. It just <laughs> it makes me feel like the NFL's a little sensitive when it comes to this issue yeah. of, uh, of blind referees. Hitting too close to the heart there, huh? <laughs> <laughs> of course, we'll keep you posted on that. Hopefully nothing comes of that because that's just that's just he good sh- fun. Like I said. He should have been a blind ref signing autographs. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, right. <laughs> I was going to say, at least he wasn't <laughs> signing any autographs, right? <laughs> that would have been even better. All right. Well, uh, let's move on to a, a little bit of college football. Actually, there was a on Saturday a little little bit of a throwdown, a little Are skirmish. You ready to <laughs> exactly. Uh, a little bit of a fight between a Michigan State and a Michigan um, in the tunnels. Uh, Michigan State football coach Mel Tucker announced that the the suspension of four players who were involved in roughing up a Michigan player following the end of their game over the weekend. Michigan defense back um, Jimon Green was punched by a Spartans player in the Michigan Stadium Tunnel to spark the melee shortly after the fourth-ranked Wolverines beat their in-state rivals on Saturday night. And that teammate, Jaden McBurrows, was attacked when he tried to help. Uh, there's plenty of video of this. Have you guys seen it on social media of this? Yeah. Uh, the, the, yeah. The, <laughs> Quite they, the they, melee. They got into it, you know. Um, and then uh, Jim Harbaugh, he expects the uh, four uh, suspended Michigan State players involved in roughing up the two members of the Michigan team to be punished to the fullest, by the fullest extent of the law, which, I don't know, seems to me to be a bit of an overreach based off of the video that I saw. I mean, I mean you had state troopers standing there, like just like amongst the skirmish, and you even had other like uh, Michigan um personnel uh standing by and 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 yeah it got physical and yeah blows were thrown and 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 punches flew uh but i I don't know should they should we involve the law here it was pretty sad looking at the the guys standing around and you even saw a couple of them just just running away yeah i mean at the same time i don't know if, if i'm in the middle of that I don't know if I'm trying to break up these dumb kids. They're dumb kids. Just let them beat each other up, I guess. Uh, I no, there, I don't think there should be any any legal ramifications except for the one guy that was uh, had his helmet off and was striking him with the helmet. Yeah, you like, can't. That you can't, is dangerous. Yeah. You could you could kill somebody like if you hit them the the right wrong way. Uh, so maybe that guy they they should get him for. Um, you know, a deadly weapon there. I mean, I don't know if they should give him a serious sentence, but something. 
Uh, but everything else, that was just a fight. I mean, they got to kind of fix the. It's it's kind of an issue in multiple stadiums throughout the the country that they go through the same tunnel. So they really got to stagger these teams better and let one team go in completely and then let in the other team. They got to kind of monitor it because I'm sure this isn't the first time. And uh, you you got you the Michigan guy though definitely uh, bit off more than he could chew. He kind of. He, he, you could tell that he was seeking it because there's video of him like running around the Michigan State players to get into that tunnel, and you know he's in there mouthing off. So it was just like that, you know, famous meme of you f around and you find out. And he he found out a little bit too much there. But once you start, you know, using helmets and and weapons, that that crosses the line. Um, so it was kind of was bad all around. You know, it, it's bad letting these these guys get mixed in in the first place. Um, it's also bad for the Michigan player going in there to instigate and gloat. And then, you know, it's bad for the Michigan State players doing what they did because they, they definitely beat those guys up pretty good. Uh, the problem so bad is... Bad all the way around. But the, the police, again, other than the guy hitting them with the helmet, I, I don't think the police should be involved. The problem is... The tunnel, for sure. You nailed it, Chris. That's the problem in college football. That's what's created this altercation. These kids are knuckleheads out there. You know, this is a rivalry game. Like, what do we expect, especially off of, you know, a game that with this caliber? I mean, Michigan, there's a lot for them to lose, and they're still undefeated. And this is really just uh, the way I see it. Uh, Jim Harbaugh trying to save face. You were responsible, man, to you know make sure yeah. that your team go goes in there unscathed. You have a lot more to lose than Michigan State, and two of your guys, you know, get assaulted essentially. Um, and this is so he's going to cry wolf and say, "Oh well, they got to be punished to the full." No, bro, you actually need to take more control over your team, especially since you have a lot more to lose than another team, and your team shouldn't be running around exactly uh, trying to entice the other team, you know, or, or talking whatever. You know, you need to have a little more control. And um, these kids will be kids, but at the end of the day, it's kind of an ugly scene, especially coming from, you know, a, a, a good prestigious, you know, college team such as Michigan. Yeah, using the old Miles Garrett, uh, that uh, that move should uh, <laughs> should maybe potentially involve a loss. But I mean, God forbid we hold these guys accountable to some self self control. <laughs> you know, I hear you with the whole tunnel That's argument. Too, yeah. I get it. Things get heated, competition. But it's like, come on, we can't handle ourselves like this. This just feels like a um, some some low expectations that we have for these yeah. uh, these these athletes to to be able to actually uh, uh, handle themselves. I mean, we saw something similar with uh, Stefan Diggs. In Buffalo, uh, mouthing off to the Green Bay player, you know, literally following him out of the tunnel. And it's like, well, they share a tunnel. And it's like, yeah, right. these guys are incapable of uh, self control. Um, so it, it's uh, I, that's true. They get paid a lot of money now too. Well, you but you, you still need to be adults. It's like you, you just you, you know you can nobody else would be able to get away with this kind of stuff in their place of work. Right. And and yeah, I understand these guys are just uh, college kids. Um, and 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 so I I don't know. It's it's funny to me though that Jim Harbaugh he's just going like you know hey the the, the law needs to get involved. They you know fullest you know extended the law you know. But like what about all these talks about you know like you know mass 
incarceration or, or defunding the police, but uh, you know when when the, when there's something that happens and affects your individuals or your house or your space, your place, now you want to throw the book at them. You know what I'm saying? Like that <laughs> right. understanding goes out the door. It's like this might seem like a sidetrack, but like considering the whole Paul Pelosi's attacker in San Francisco, uh, Paul Pelosi being the uh, husband of uh, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, and he was attacked in his place of residence. There's a lot of questions about this. There's a lot of uh, weirdness about it, but it's like, oh, we're going to charge him. We're going to charge him with, you know, th- multiple felonies. We're going to charge him. In a, in, in a Democrat-run city, in a city where, like, you you violently offend somebody and you're out on the street just an hour, a couple hours later. But when it happens to, 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 the, to the people in power, oh, my God, throw the book at them, right? Yeah. Kill him. <laughs> no, that, it's totally an excellent point. Yeah, San Francisco famous for letting uh, homeless drug addicts just roam around on the street and literally defecate on the street and nothing happens. But the moment, you know, you get a crazy person in a politician's house and uh, they assault him, uh, then, you know, it's a... Uh, <laughs> it's it's a, all of a sudden a huge issue, especially conveniently right before an election. Right, exactly. Uh, but, yeah, it... it yeah. Oh, well, it's, yeah, uh, yeah. This the was, hypocrisy this was a, no bounds. This for man sure. was a Trump supporter, right? You know, uh, he was what, oh, a, yeah. a, a Berkeley resident or a, a mentally ill, obviously homeless, nudist, a drug addict uh, guy uh, living in San Francisco. Yeah, clear, clearly that uh, that red hat MAGA supporting dude. You know what I mean? Like he totally fits right. the uh, fits the profile, you know, yeah. and, uh, BLM flag on his bus. Exactly. And all, the, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Doing Trump's bidding in, in his underwear. Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> So anyway, oh, let's just stop throwing. Let's let's stop hitting people with hammers. Let's just stop hitting people with uh, helmets. No helmets, more Miles Garretting, yeah. uh, please. And, uh, you know, uh, can't we all just get along? All right, well, let's move on to the NBA. Steve Nash, he's out as Brooklyn Nets coach after a disappointing start. But uh, the Associated Press also tied the firing into uh, the continued controversy surrounding Kyrie Irving, which I kind of felt was a, a bit of a struggle stretch. Um, Nash made it to this season, even though Kevin Durant said he wanted him out this summer. Uh, so that seems more like the reason to me uh, why Stephen Nash is is uh, getting getting shown the door. Uh, the Nets are two and five at the moment. Um, you know, what are the Lakers one and five? <laughs> Maybe they yep. should get rid of their head coach too. Yeah, the Associated Press argued the biggest reason was created by uh, Kyrie Irving, who uh, posted a link to an anti-Semitic uh, movie on his Twitter page, uh, drawing criticism from Nets owner Joe Psy. Uh, Joe Psy, of course, is a, is a very social justice-minded owner um, and uh, maybe even more. Chinese social justice, uh, in, in the sense of his, uh, his sympathies, uh, to, to, to the Chinese government. But, uh, much of the Nets problems during the latter, uh, season were caused by Irving being unavailable for most of their home games because he refused to get vaccinated for the coronavirus as mandated at the time in New York city, the, uh, associated press also pointed to they go out of their way for somebody who doesn't take the jab to uh continue to jab that individual and uh you know point to them as a as as a problem um durant said he wanted to be traded this summer if the nets didn't fire marks and nash uh but Sai stood by them apparently and uh durant eventually pulled back his request how convenient 
to me, that just says that uh, Cy didn't uh, pull back or uh, uh, Durant didn't pull back his request to Cy. He just was probably told to just wait by uh, Joe Cy that he was going to eventually get rid of Nash anyway, um, especially, uh, you know, uh, going to wait and see how the uh, season started off. Um, you know, so Cy, uh, as we know, doesn't really have a very good history of uh, standing by individuals or uh, standing strong um, for much. Uh, like like I just mentioned, the whole uh, um, you know Chinese uh, situation. We had uh, who was that? The the Rockets coach uh, back uh, back in the day, Chris. Uh, uh, it was a couple years ago, the general yeah. manager Daryl Morey. Uh, when there was those massive protests going on over in Hong Kong, and for those of you that don't know or or don't remember, there was a huge thing going on in Hong Kong where China was basically. Um, not going to honor the the arrangement and the agreement that they originally signed with the British government to Hong Kong have its independence until 2050. They were um, just getting rid of that agreement and they were just taking Hong Kong over and they were even marching troops in. So you had millions, not, not tens of thousands, you had millions of Hong Kong residents out there protesting. A lot of them were even waving American flags. So There's a big China controversy a couple of years ago. And a uh, uh, general manager of the Rockets uh, tweeted in support of the Hong Kong protests. And then Joe Tsai, Mr. CCP Shill himself, who, for those of you who don't know, made his money with Alibaba, who is a huge tech company, especially in China. So he's definitely in deep with the CCP over there. So not a surprise whatsoever. If you want to do business and make money in China, you are working with the government and uh, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. So he said that no, Hong Kong was basically a Chinese territory that, you know, it's Chinese nationalism, blah, blah, blah. Gerald Morey, you don't know what you're talking about. Shut up. And then he also uh, just recently uh, posted at his own player, which is kind of weird, posted at Kyrie Irving after he made the, the, the big controversial tweet lately about that documentary that I don't even know what it was about. I mean, honestly, I have no idea if it's anti-Semitic or not. I kind of have my doubts at this point with the way that they cover everything. But even if it is, he tweets at his own player, Kyrie Irving, that this is better than basketball. You need to be better than this, blah, 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 blah. Well, meanwhile, you know, bigger than basketball, talk about being a good person. Uh, you're literally supporting a regime in China that has literal slaves right now and arrest political dissidents and just disappears people and the list goes on and on and on so joe Tsai is a piece of crap but to the steve nash thing scott you pointed out it looked like this was kind of the writing on the wall this entire time durant wanted him gone and i mean basketball wise i mean i sure i guess it makes sense because steve nash comes from the d'antoni tree uh, and everyone knows that Dan Tony is, pro is pronounced Antony because there's no D. There's no defense on those teams. And the Nets, they are a terrible defensive team. They can't close out games. Irving and Durant, you know, they score tons of points each game. Um, except Irving had a terrible game this last one. But uh, they, they, they just continuously give up leads. They can't stop anybody. So, I don't know, maybe they're going to get someone in there that can hopefully coach them up on defense. But, I don't know, there's so much drama with that organization. And it's it's all Kyrie's fault one way or the other, just like the, the left always somehow makes everything Trump's fault. It's it's uh it's all Kyrie's fault because he wouldn't take the jab. They don't give a damn about what documentary he's posting about. This is all about the vaccine. This is all about somebody that comes out and voices a 
uh, viewpoint that's in a opposition to them so they must take them down uh we see it with alex jones we see it with steve bannon we see it with kanye west you know we i mean the list goes on and on and on anyone i mean you don't even have to agree with all those people but if they speak in opposition to the elite the establishment you see the uh the blowback that they get yeah the uh the the movie he tweeted out um was a 2008 movie called hebrew hebrews to negroes wake up black america which is based on ronald dalton's book of the same name the rolling stone described the book and movie as stuffed with anti-semitic tropes so i mean again <laughs> like that's you know uh w- one would probably have to watch it in order to see if that really truly is the case it might be possible you know that might be the yeah. case it might be a completely be. anti-semitic uh, uh film is that okay well no but also is it okay for an individual to post something from a freedom of speech standpoint to their social media uh is i mean I, there's we get in that gray area in regards to you know are you representing the nba personally um, you know, we don't necessarily have to go down that road of, of, of you know, whether this is appropriate or not for, from an NBA standpoint. But this really does truly, like you said, you hit the nail on the head. This has everything to do with the fact that he didn't take the vax. This has everything yep. to do that he stood up for himself and had actually stood up for personal autonomy, you know, and and they, they wanted everybody else to to to. Uh, step in line and and do what they think the, the what the league thinks that they need to do, um, and and he pushed back and he said no and they didn't like that and they won't they won't forget that because they're all about yep. the power, they're all about the control and um, Kyrie Irving says hey you can't control me you're telling me how to think I post an Alex jo- Alex, Alex Jones video that makes your minds explode you can't yep. stand that you know because I don't think and act the way that you think I should think and act, you don't like me, I'm a problem to you, I'm dangerous to you, and you want me gone. Um, man, that tells you everything. Like when when le- mediocre power pushes up against the big power and how they react and mob, you know, that tells you that they're threatened. That tells you that uh, uh, there's, there's, a, there's an agenda there. And the NBA is all about that agenda. They're completely totalitarian. They really are, and they and they're stepping it up, and they're 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 uh, uh, really you know turning it up uh, to eleven, if you will, um, you know. And and so, uh, I, I, all this to say, it's so Huge funny agenda. that they just can't. Yeah, they can't let Nash the whole firing of Nash just be that. It also they have to still you know make it a a, a Kyrie Irving opportunity to, to to pile on Kyrie Irving. I I will I, say that. Sorry, Kevin. Just real quick, I will say that they said it was mutual, which I thought was kind of weird. I think Steve Nash at the same time was kind of like. You know what? Get me the hell out of here. I don't, I don't need this. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. Go look, ahead, Kevin. Steve, look, Steve Nash has a bright future. He's going to be all right. In fact, the huge agenda that I want to call out is what NBA does. He They pamper their players. This is yep. the problem with NBA. They're over here catering to Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant makes an ultimatum, a seemingly apparent ultimatum in the in the begin, uh, in the summer about oh either I either I I'm here or or Steve Nash is gone or you know who does that no 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 dude you're a player you know you get out there and you do the best you can who's to say that uh, Kevin Durant's not out there throwing these games losing six of their last eight and you're supposed to be top three player in the whole world 
Come on, man. He's out here throwing these games because he wanted to have his way, but he didn't He didn't get it done throughout the summer. And so this is his way to get back and kind of throw his little hissy fit. And what do the NBA do? They cater to it. Okay, let's get rid of Steve Nash. Durant, dude, the way I see it, man, you're gone. Get out of here. You had to have Golden State. You had to have a super team for you to get through the playoffs and actually get some championships. You didn't do it with OKC. You're definitely overrated in my in my opinion I, I know he's a good baller but I think he's overrated I think his his head is way too big bigger than the basketball that he shoots inside the hoop and that's yeah. the problem the NBA caters to this crap and that and they need to actually you know put the lay the law down on these players they're they're not allowed to call out super teams and say they want to trade or this and that no no Let's get back to the 80s basketball. Let's get back to the 90s. You get your competitive ass out there, and you play team ball to get championships. And that's how it is. And this is the problem with NBA. This is bull crap. You know, Steve Nash will be all right. He'll find a team. Then actually they'll probably be successful a little bit later down the road. And it's not surprising. Obviously, this is, in my opinion, this is Kevin Durant throwing a little tantrum, a little, little hissy fit, and him probably just not playing as hard. Obviously not playing defense, and that's obviously yeah, affected no the rest defense. of the team. And and so, this, I mean, this was the, the outcome which he was leaning towards just like a little spoiled kid would do if he didn't get the candy or didn't get the toy. He goes. <laughs> and finds a little another way to, to get what he wants and unfortunately they cater to this and that's bullcrap I feel bad for Steve I wish you nothing but the best you know and now they're coming out saying that um, Udoka might be the next you know potential <laughs> co- uh, coach coming in which is like dude another shit storm after another one I know that he does have uh, some kind of uh, coaching experience with uh, what's his face from uh, uh, when they went to San, uh, San Antonio um Marks, Sean Marks, I know they, they've coached together, and I know that they're trying to get, you know, because they acquired Ben Simmons, and I know that um, this Udoka guy has somewhat experience with Ben Simmons, but at this moment, it just seems like a giant shit show over there, um, and I'm not really surprised, and honestly, if I was Steve Nash, it's exactly what you just said, Chris, I would be happy, I would, yep. be, I would, I would be happy to walk out of there and say, see you guys later, I'm on, it. I'm on to better, bigger and better days. You jumped my talking point, Kevin. I was just going to say that uh, ESPN, of all places, first reported the talks between Udoka and the Nets. It's like, of course, now they're pushing that, right? And of course they love Kevin Durant. NBA loves Kevin Durant because NBA or Kevin Durant loves his mama. And it's always about (laughs) him and his mama. And that's what they want. They want uh, these little bitch boys out there, you know, running up to the stands post-game to their mama, you know, asking them uh, her spitting on a kissing them on the lips yeah spitting on a rag and wiping the 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 crumbs off their face (laughs) all right national beta association that's right uh national (laughs) bitch boys league or yeah exactly (laughs) all right uh let's move on but first uh before we do that we would like to invite you to join our agenda to sideline the agenda by subscribing to our podcast on apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment give us a five-star rating tell your friends about the show you can also follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. Sideline the Agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game. All right. Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football. Wow. The baffling Bengals lose to the Cleveland Browns on Monday Night Football. Halloween <laughs> night. 32 to 13. An uninspired performance coupled with a glaringly in, uh, inability to run the ball. Uh, it just made it just a, a downright scary situation for the Bengals as a whole. 
they were playing without uh, Jamar Chase. Um, yeah, they, they they had a they had a rough night, didn't they? And 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 uh, one that could have actual serious ramifications for them for the rest of the season. Cincinnati lost oh, yeah. its best cornerback when uh, uh, Chidobe Awuzi. Is that how you say his name? I don't even know how to say his name. Well, he departed so, the first half. Awuzier. Awuzier. Actually, that sounds right. Now that's triggering triggering something in my head. Awuzier sounds right. Awuzier. <laughs> Awuzier. <laughs> uh, well, he departed the first half because of a right knee injury. Uh, if Awuzier is sidelined for an extended period of time, it will be a tough blow for the Bengals. It's a team uh, already, of course, playing without Chase, who has a hip injury. Uh, the growing list of health issues is one of several problems for Cincinnati, who are now four and four, uh, which has they've dropped um, to zero and three in the NFC North, with its eight losses in the past nine games in the Battle of Ohio. Uh, the Bengals, they you know they were limited to two fourth down touchdowns uh, passes by uh, Joe Burrow and. Uh, managed just 36 yards on the ground compared to 172 yards for the Browns and uh, Burrow was sacked five times so uh, if, if you're on the if you're on the carpet uh, for for that many times you're 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 probably not doing very well um Evan McPherson he missed a 47 yard field goal attempt and an extra point and the Cincinnati's defense allowed three second half touchdowns after holding its opponents without a second half touchdown in its first seven games. The Browns, they're now three and five. Uh, they had lost four straight games before hosting the Bengals. Um, but, uh, you know, what's when I looked at this game, it was just, uh, again, I, I, at the very beginning of the season, as you know, I had predicted that Cincinnati will uh, shit the bed and um, even not make the playoffs. And I'm feeling a little bit better now about this pick. I mean, the, the Bengals, what's going on with them? Because last week I had talked about how I think that they're back, that they've found their rhythm, that they they, they seem to be to, to, to be rolling. This is n- not the case. Um, this was kind of an embarrassing loss. I, I guess every team, you know, from time to time is owed one of these. Uh, but... Um, this isn't what you want to do. You don't. You, you don't want to drop one to to uh, a divisional ri- division rival. You, you you want to be able to take home a, a, this win, especially uh, against a struggling uh, Cleveland Cleveland squad. So, what's what's up? What's going on with the with with Cincy? Yeah, this was not what I expected at all. Um, you know, if you listen to the last episode, I thought Bengals are going to win this. I thought these are two teams going in opposite directions, and then they just they flipped it right back around. And this has kind of been the theme this year with a lot of these teams in the NFL. Um, you know, with no chase out there, it, it really kind of exposed the Bengals that you can just play coverage, you can stop the run, and Burrow can't, can't really do much else. And that really showed. And then the Bengals, or excuse me, the Browns really played to their strength, running the ball all over the place. So this was kind of a big win for the Browns. It put them back into maybe that they could salvage their season. You know, if they can kind of hover around that 500 uh, mark, they, they got to win a couple more games uh, in these next few weeks. But, you know, I think they're just kind of trying to get to uh, to Watson and then see what happens from there. Um, but, yeah, the Bengals – with those injuries, they didn't have that weapon outside. They're they're not really a team that's deep enough to come back from this. And 
uh, on the road rivalry game division. You know, it's always going to be tough and usually going to be close, but without those extra weapons, they just, yeah, they, they couldn't keep up. The NFL scheduled this perfectly, guys. A whole lot of orange on Halloween night. Um, <laughs> the Bengals played super scary, huh? Uh, they didn't give, they didn't, they didn't ha- utilize Mixon at all. Um, I know that he caught uh, what seven receptions, but on the ground, I mean, just giving them the ball eight times. I mean, that's not that's not going to cut it. Uh, Joe Burrow. Yeah, I, I think he had a decent night. I don't think he, uh, I don't think he was as bad as uh, what the score reflects. But uh, I will say that the Browns, uh, they're coming together, and that's the thing. They're looking pretty scary because, and they're in their talent positions. I mean, um, the, you know, they're playmakers. They they got top they got top talent there in pretty much every uh, every position, and so they're going to be scary. They get a, a decent quarterback back there. Um, this was kind of just a little, you know, insight of what maybe to come um they they got a lot of great talent and so even on the opposite side you know mr um mr miles garrett he i mean he's lights out one and a half sacks back there so you know they're playing pretty good football on both sides of the ball you got amari cooper out there now and i thought they're going to give up kareem hump that they ended up um keeping him which is obviously for the best for them they might come on uh they might come on and have a really great second half of the season. They might find themselves in the in the playoff picture. Um, I don't think they'll take the vid- the division because I do think the Ravens are the team to beat there. But they might grab a wild card and maybe turn some heads. Uh, and uh, but the, I'm actually very surprised with with the Browns and the Bengals. Just a too unpredictable. It's yeah. I I, I I I'm not too. I don't know what to think about the Bengals at this moment. Amari Cooper caught five of seven targets for 131 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Jacoby Brissett earned a 95 rating for a next-gen stat passing score in Week 8. That's the highest by any QB in a game this season. Yeah, Brissett he had a great completed, game. He completed 9 of 11 passes versus the Blitz for 177 yards and a touchdown despite facing a 50% pressure rate when Blitz. So, yeah, Jacoby Brissett obviously getting things done. Um, do we know when Deshaun's? He's supposed to be coming back soon. So, uh, I mean, when when you have a night like that, that, that might make you a little a uh, little hesitant to uh, to 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 you know uh, hand the reins over uh, to to Watson. But obviously, you know, I'm, I'm sure they're they're anxious to do so. Um, uh, again, this is one of those divisions that I think will be highly competitive, especially down this stretch. Um, and, uh, you know, like I said, when I made my uh, prediction that the Bengals weren't going to even make the playoffs, uh, you know, I was kind of uh, uh, met with some empty eyes. But uh, may- maybe if this if this trend continues, you know, may- maybe I, I'll, I'll be uh, my prediction will be looking pretty good. Anyways, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on to uh, uh, the NFL trade deadline, which was the other day. Uh, there was a record of 10 trades made. That was the most ever on any NFL trade deadline day, um, there was uh, some moves, some some you know mediocre moves, so to speak. Uh, you know, uh, Naheem uh, Hines uh, from going to Buffalo for uh, Zach Moss. Um, you know, just kind of a switch and swatch, you swap. You know, um, but uh, there were also some really big trades uh, that uh, you know I think will be just completely. Uh, um, the one that sticks out to me is, is the TJ Hawkinson, the tight end, uh, uh, Detroit Lions tight end heading to Minnesota to the Vikings. I just, 
wow, I think that that is going to be a a kind of a sleeper of a trade. People aren't really paying much attention to you know to that because he's he's a tight end. But I, I just think that that's going to completely up the uh, arsenal that Kirk Cousins has. Uh, it's going to open up the running game. It's going to open up everything. It's going to open up Jefferson. I I I just think that with that trade that. Uh, I don't know. I think the Vikings became that much more legit. Were, were there any moves that stuck out to you that uh, you think really uh, changed the, the, the layout uh, of the league? Well, there's obviously the McCaffrey trade. That was a, a nice addition for the 49ers as much as I hate it. Uh, that's, that's the nice pickup for them. Um, I was actually going to say the same one. I think that's a kind of an underrated trade that the Vikings got. They just got that much better. Uh, now you got another weapon to go along with Jefferson and Thielen and uh, your running back. Um, so th- they got a solid squad there. Um, another one that I think is going to be a pretty good pickup is uh, uh, Bradley Chubb to the Dolphins. They get another little uh, piece for the edge rush because they need a little bit something else on that defense. So I think that adds a little something to their defense that's going to be nice for them. Um, uh, other than that, I, I don't, I can't think of anything that really sticks out. Um, I was uh, speaking of trades about this non-trade. I was kind of shocked that the Rams offered two first-round picks and Cam Akers to the Panthers for. Um, their edge rusher, I'm blanking on his name right now, Burns, I think, and uh, they turn it down. You know, the <laughs> Panthers could have had the 2023 second round, third round, fourth round, and fifth round from the 49ers. They could have had, I think it was a first round uh, for next season, so the 2024 and then the following season. So maybe they weren't interested in first rounds that far out, but, man, they could have had a ton of picks these next couple of years. Yeah, for Brian but, Burns. Brian Burns, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the uh, the chub to the Dolphins is a great pick and uh, tied into the Vikings. Oh my goodness, great moves! The Bills, Hines, that's that's the one, man. They're that's they're going to split time obviously with Singletary back there. Hines is a playmaker, guys. He's he's someone who's aggressive and he he definitely looks downfield. So look for him to be getting a lot of play time. I think that's just going to elevate already strong offense. Um, I do want to point out, actually, my pick, uh, or my, I guess, exciting uh, pick of the week was actually uh, Claypool to the Bears. I think that's going to help them out a lot, and they didn't really give up very much for him. A second-round pick, 2023. Yeah. Man, yeah, what a what a pickup for the Bears. I mean, I mean, if Justin Fields, you should have no excuse why you're not throwing the ball, <laughs> especially if you have, you know, <laughs> you have someone like that on, on your team. Um, that's That should elevate you. Um, by by just it's just a huge feat, and then also uh, um, you know the the Chiefs they picked up Kadarius Tony. I think that's a good pickup for him. I do think that they're kind of weak. I think he he brings length, he brings height, he brings agility, speed. Um, and you know we haven't really seen him play very healthy. Andy Reid already came out and said that you know he's healthy, and they're looking to to put him in there you know, as soon as possible. And so that's going to be a promising you know factor for the Chiefs as well. But um, other than that, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much my takeaways. I, I got to add one more: the uh, Robert Quinn to the Eagles. I think that's yeah. a nice little piece there too on that that front, uh, that pass rush. That he he's probably not a good number one pass rusher, but you pair him with those other guys that you've already got. That's going to be a nice piece. I'll tell you one of my my head scratchers: <laughs> Calvin Ridley 
<laughs> to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Guys, this guy's suspended. They don't even know when he's coming back. <laughs> the, whole, the rest of the season, he's not playing. I don't know how you'd be excited about I, that if you're a Jacksonville They've just got to be playing for next season, I yeah. think. Yeah. Trying to get him the weapons uh, lined up for, for, for next season. I mean, for me, the uh, uh, you know a lot of some of these players were, were pre-the deadline, you know, like Tony Quinn, uh, McCaffrey, um, you know, James, James Robinson, the uh, running back uh, from Jacksonville, heading to the New York Jets. Um, but uh, I was I was expecting Chase Claypool to end up in, like, uh, uh, Green Bay. or, or yeah. so I thought discount double-check Rodgers was going to get somebody, and yeah. he got nobody. Nothing. Um, wow. And that... To me was just a big head scratcher like i i don't know what they're thinking or what they're doing or not doing rather uh, up there um again you want to you want to talk about uh, uh people have an axe to grind with those who didn't uh, publicly get vaxxed you know it just seems like uh, <laughs> it seems like these people can't win or it's like yeah screw you rogers you're not going to get any wide receivers but i thought uh, chase claypool would be heading there for sure but instead he's going to be catching the ball from the uh the, the quarterback uh, beast that is uh, Justin Fields. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that'll help open up his game. Um, maybe uh, it can't hurt. It can't hurt. That's 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 for sure. It definitely can't hurt. And of course, uh, Denver uh, seemingly got got uh, a little better with uh, Chase Edmonds and uh, 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 Jacob Martin. But um, yeah. you know, I don't know. I, I still expect uh, that to to, to kind of be. It might improve them a little bit. But as far as their divisions concerned, I I, I think that. Uh, that has already been written in the sand, so to speak. Yeah. Um, that uh, AFC, uh, AFC, uh, uh, what am I saying? West. Um, they're, they're, yeah. th- that, that's, that's already there. Uh, all right. Well, if there's nothing else to add on to that, let's just move on to uh, Thursday night football uh, that is happening tomorrow, and it will be against the Philadelphia Eagles and the Houston Texans. The Eagles, they are heading to Jalen Hurts' hometown, his hometown of Houston. Um, so, uh, Philadelphia, they, have uh, moved to seven and oh, they're completely undefeated with a, a 35, 13 win over the Steelers in week 18 or excuse me, week eight. Wow. I just, I just, I've surpassed the uh, end of the season there. Um, and while the Texans, uh, took a 17 to 10 loss to the Titans at home, uh, really not much to say, like if you're undefeated at this point, and you don't beat the Texans. Granted, it is in Houston, but um, I, I expect and now Houston has been making a bit of a game of it uh, lately uh, for for their those that they are competing against. But I do fully expect Jalen Hurts to go in there and 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 have his homecoming and take away his homecoming win. Yeah, if uh, the Eagles lose this game, they're walking home. No bus, no plane for you guys. You're, you guys got to walk all the way back to Philadelphia. <laughs> they should completely destroy the Texans. You know, we've seen some pretty strange things this season, but it, it shouldn't get that strange in this one. Uh, fully expect them to go 8-0. You know, they're just top to bottom, a much more complete team. They've got they've got it all. they got the weapons at the wideout. They've got the, the quarterbacks playing really well. Defense is great. Just mentioned that extra pickup they got on the edge rush. Um, yeah, they're, they're looking great, and I don't expect them to lose this one, not by a long shot. Yeah, absolutely. Houston is one of the worst in the league. Um, their average yards per game allowed are 414. So the Eagles <laughs> should be running all over them, and, yeah, this should be an, an, an all-Eagle an all game. So we'll see a lot of, a lot of green. 
Another great Thursday. I was going to say, this is feeling like it's going to be a boring Prime game. time football. You guys sound bored about it, even ta- you're just talking about it. <laughs> Come on, get pumped. Come on. What, what are we going to expect here? We're going to expect a, a fly, Eagles fly. <laughs> There's going to be you. someone's going to get hurt, and it's going to be a season changing injury. <laughs> Put that out there. Oh man, no! I'm just kidding. I don't want yeah. anyone to get hurt. Hurts is going to get hurt. It's going to put a hurting on the Texans. That'd be awful. Oh man, the Philadelphia Eagles are like one of the bright shining objects of the league right now. I mean, <laughs> there's that's one thing that's been entertaining to watch. You know, in this year that everything seems to be so topsy turvy. But Thursday night football still remains on point and on point in being a, a, a snooze fest. Um, all right. Well, uh, that's going to do it for us here at Sideline the Agenda. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, go ahead and subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment. Uh, give us a five-star rating and tell your friends about the show. And also subscribe to us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. I'm Scott. That's Kevin. That's Chris. And this has been Sideline the Agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game.